All right, everyone. Now we are at part two. We are going a little bit through the book of Daniel. Not sure am I going to go through the entire book, but um, part one, I may have called it God Reveals or God Protects. Um, I should have had the titles together before I started this, but um, we are now at part two. And uh, we're just coming off of, remember, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, were placed into the blazing furnace. And um, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar saw four men in there instead of three. And one of them looked like the son of the gods. And anyway, when they came out, they didn't even look like what they'd been through. There was no smell of smoke on them, nothing. And um, and and, and uh, they were promoted after that. So now you would think, hmm. Things are probably going to go pretty good. And, and now that Neb has had two examples, he's seen Daniel interpret his dream uh, and tell him what's going to happen with the kingdoms. And he has witnessed three people being thrown into a furnace. So you would think maybe something's going to click for him and he's going to understand how powerful God is. So I think I'm going to call part two God warns. God always, in many cases, at least the biblical examples I see, gives us warnings when we're off track. Um, so in, in, in Daniel chapter four, Nebuchadnezzar has another dream. So uh, I'm going to jump around a little bit. But in this dream, I'm in Daniel chapter four, verse one. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start, I guess, in verse four. Uh, he said, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at home in my palace, content and prosperous. I had a dream that made me afraid. Okay, so that's interesting. Uh, then he goes on to say, as I was lying on my bed, the images and visions that passed through my mind terrified me. So I commanded that all my wise men of Babylon be brought before me to interpret the dream. And then he just goes on to basically say when they all tried to, you know, they really couldn't help him out. He says, um, but in verse eight, finally, Daniel came into my presence and I told him the dream. Um, he is called Belshazzar after the name of my God. That's interesting. Okay. And the spirit of the holy gods is in him. I said, Belshazzar, uh, chief of the magicians, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you and no mystery is too difficult for you. Here's my dream. Interpret it for me. So he goes on to tell about the dream. And I'll read just a little bit. I'm in verse 10, uh, the second part of verse 10. He says, I looked and there before me stood a tree in the middle of the land. Its height was enormous. The tree grew large and strong and its, and its top touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the earth. OK, its leaves were beautiful, its fruit abundant and on it was food for all. OK, sounds good to me. Under it, the beast of the fields found shelter and the birds of the air lived in its branches from every creature fed um, from from it. Every creature was fed. In the visions I saw while laying in my bed, I looked and there before me was a messenger, a holy one coming down from heaven. He called in a loud voice, cut down the tree and trim off his branches. Uh Oh, strip off his leaves and scatter his fruit. Let the animals flee from under it and the birds from his branches. But let the stump and his roots bound with iron and bronze remain in the ground and the grass of the field. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him live with the animals. Live with the animals. OK, where are we going with this? Let him live with the animals among the plants of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man and let it be given the mind of an animal to seven times passes by for him. The decision is announced by messengers. The Holy One declares the verdict and so so that the living may know that the most high is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets them over the lowest of men. So now we're going to go on down uh, to Daniel coming into the picture In verse 19. I'm still in chapter four. Then Daniel was greatly perplexed for a time. 
and his thoughts terrified him. So the king said, Belshazzar, which is also called Daniel, do not let the dreamer's meaning alarm you. Okay, so Belshazzar, this is Daniel. Belshazzar answered, my lord, if only the dream applied to your enemies and its meaning to your adversaries. I'm jumping down to verse 22. You, O king, are that tree. You have become great and strong. Your greatness have grown until it reached the sky. And your dominion extends to the distant parts of the earth. Uh, and then he basically just goes on to say, this is, this is all about you. That, that whole vision is about you. Um, he says in verse 25, you will be driven away from the people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times uh, will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men. Let me say that again. This is the interpretation that Daniel is saying to him. He's saying, my Bible is just falling apart, so hang on. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. And then he just goes, I'll just keep reading because this is too good to, to mess it up, uh, to mess it up. The command to leave the stump of this tree with his roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Ooh, that's that's pretty sharp. Let me say that again. The command to leave the stump of the tree with his roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Therefore, O king. Be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then your prosperity will continue. Oh, there's so many nuggets in that is not even funny. He's basically saying, please repent while you can. Maybe. Maybe. Just maybe it may be then that your prosperity will continue. I'm in verse 28. All this happened to King Neb. That's Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. 12 months later. It's the same story. Same chapter. 12 months later. As the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. He said. Is this not the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? Mm, look like he didn't take the advice. That sounds like a lot of pride talking to me. I don't know about you guys. I'm in verse 31. The words were still on his lips when a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken away from you, has been taken from you. You will be driven away from the people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. My goodness, as God just saying, until you acknowledge that I run, th I'm the one in control. Anyway, verse 33, immediately what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from the people and ate grass like cattle. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. 
at the end of that time, and I'm not and just so you guys are aware, I'm not sure how long seven uh, times is. Um, someone in a commentary um, had said it's, that means seven years. So let's just assume that person's uh, right. And um, if it's not right, I am sure my biblical scholars will correct me in the comment section. Um, but but uh, that's what one commentary said, that it's seven years. Anyway, in verse 34, at the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, this is after seven, seven seasons or seven times, whatever that means. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the power of heaven, with the powers of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? At that same time, my sanity was restored and my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Wow. My advisors and nobles sought me out and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right. Ooh, and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. That's a tough one. A little bit of a back history on this. If you read through the book of Jeremiah, uh, and I read it a couple times, uh, the book of Jeremiah is about, I don't know, maybe 50 or so chapters all through Jeremiah. Oh, I want to read it so bad. Maybe I'll just do another podcast on this part. All through the book of Jeremiah, God is warning them and warning them and use, talking through Jeremiah practically I don't want to use the word begging, pleading with them to repent, to, to turn away from their gods. And he says to them, I'm going to bring um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, I'm going to bring Babylon. I, I'm going to allow Babylon to take over if you don't repent, if you don't repent, if you don't repent, if you don't change. So here's where I'll end with this one. Uh, I think I'm going to call this one. Um, uh, what did I say? God warns. I forget what I called the title. Plead to the warnings of God in your life, whatever that may be. Now, I'm no one's minister. God knows I'm not a minister. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a prophetess. I make some people mad when I say that. Um, I am just a woman who loves God, and I'm doing my best to just share really what I read on my own and just hopefully inspire someone. But And I do a lot of motivational encouragement. You guys know that I'm all about uplifting you. I really am. Uh, but part of that is you have to be aware that sometimes God does humble us and warn us, you know. I don't know what that may be in your life, but if God is speaking to you and telling you, 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 you know what, that what you're doing is not right. Come on. You know how you're treating that person isn't right. You, you know you're not being on the up and up with how you're handling, I don't know, your finances or your funds or, or somebody else's finances or funds. My goodness. Or you know you're not, you, you're not um, living the way that I want you to live. Whatever that may be. My role is just to help you sit into the presence of God and let him speak to you. You notice I don't give straight advice to you all on, on my opinion on what I feel is right and wrong. God didn't put me on this platform for that. 
God put me on this platform to build people up and to help people in mind, body, and soul. You know, I, I, we've been spending a lot of time on soul, getting the spirituality strong, getting a solid foundation where it, where it needs to be. We definitely are going to get into body, which is more of my um, cooking segments that I'm going to do. God knows I don't want to do it, but I got to walk in obedience so we can take better care of ourselves. And, that, and then just in terms of mine, um, God definitely has moved in my heart to share, um, um, you know, entrepreneurial things and, and um, bring guests and people on the show to help you in whatever businesses you're doing and give you good advice to help you um, make wise choices and make uh, better plans for those who are entrepreneurs and things. So those are my three main areas that God has just sort of given me and and grace me with to be able to give the community we spent a lot a lot of time on getting that foundation where it needs to be probably two years at this point if not longer this is just foundation building I can't just skip over the fact that God does call us to repentance and he's able to humble us he warns us at times in fact now, the beautiful part about this, we're going to do another segment on how God elevates and restores such an amazing story. But he does elevate and restore us. I mean, you see this a little bit with Neb. Neb's story till, still changes a little bit down the line. That's a whole nother subject, which is why I want you to read the book of Jeremiah, because Neb was used to come in uh, because the people were not doing what God told them to do. And God's like, OK, I'm going to use him from Babylon to come in here and just take over for a moment. And a moment was about 70 years, by the way whole nother subject. I don't want to drift. But my point is, is that at least in this moment, Neb was humble and came to his came to his senses. Please take heed to whatever warning God is putting in your spirit in terms of how you're living your life or what you're doing. That's all I'm saying. This is not a scary message. This is not a, oh, she prophesied something's going to happen to me. Oh, no. Devil is a lie. No, 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 no. All I'm saying is realize that God is able to humble. And sometimes he warns us. And Neb was given, I keep saying Neb, King Nebuchadnezzar was given almost a pleading warning from, um, uh, who was it? Daniel. Saying, treat the oppressed right, like do right, repent. But he turned around and says about 12 months later, you know how you can hear a good word and you do good for a little bit and then it's like, whatever. And he's walking on the top of his towers or wherever he was at and talking about his kingdom he's building, how mighty he is and this and that. And God's like, okay, and let him go out there for seven seasons or seven times or seven years. So I always tell God, I say to him, God, you don't have to keep putting me through the same mess over and over again. I, I, I repent. <laughs> you know, uh, don't don't ever. This is weird, but I, I sometimes tell God, please don't ever give me more than you know I can handle. The moment you begin to give me enough till I get to a point where you're not my God anymore, I don't want it. The moment you give me enough to where I can't even acknowledge your name, I don't even have time to pray for you. I don't want too much to do. Stop my flow right there. I'm serious when it comes to my walk with God because he's all I got. Yeah, I got a family, but you get my point. He's all I got. So I love you all. Somehow, I still pray that this has encouraged you, um, that God still restores. He still loves you. But pay attention to the warnings that he may be giving you. Repent of whatever areas you, you, you feel you need to repent of. And please don't send me messages saying, Z, is this a sin? Is this a sin? Is this a sin? I'm probably not going to even respond to it, to be honest. 
I get those mess. I don't even respond to it. My thing is get in the presence of God, sit in his presence, crack open your Bible. And to be honest with you, whatever you're feeling, if you feel something is a sin, you're not quite sure you can do the quickest Google search in the world. Let's say you don't have a minister around you, somebody you trust to talk to. You can do the quickest search in the world on studying out scriptures on a certain topic and just read it and sit in the presence of God and say, God, please speak to me. Show me what's in my life that's not right. God, show me the areas that I need to repent and change. I don't ever want my prayers being hindered. I want you to hear my prayers, God. What is it in me that you don't like? Take it out. Rid it. That I may be able to come to you with confidence knowing that you hear my prayers. God, is there anything in me that doesn't smell right? Because I want your scent to be all over me. And just go before his presence and just ask him to forgive you, whatever it is. Go before God. For those who are getting those gentle warnings, you know, when God is just trying to prompt something in your spirit, telling you you're not doing what he told you to do or whatever, you need to repent of this or that. Repent. Go before him and repent. So he is able to humble. He does give warnings. He's able to humble. I don't know what the third part's going to be called. I think I'm going to call it God Elevates, um, something like that, but we'll see. So this is part two. I'm finishing this up. And then let's get into uh, part three of the book of Daniel. I love you all. This is Z with Unlocking Greatness Podcast. Bye-bye.